being part of the black community, sometimes um, individuals have a notion that the struggle is part of the black experience. Ooh, talk to me and about that. And what do you mean by Welcome back to another episode of the Black is New Rich podcast. We are on episode 31. Today, we got a very special guest, especially because of the last two episodes. Uh, it's been about marriage, therapist, trauma, and today, actually therapy. So today, I finally brought the therapist on to uh, just because our community is very on and off about therapy. So I decided to bring a therapist on to ask her abundance of questions about therapy, but I don't want to keep talking. Can you introduce yourself, please? <laughs> For sure. Hi, my name is Zara. You know this. <laughs> um, I am a registered social worker and I practice psychotherapy. Dope, dope, dope. So how long have you been doing it? So I'm a recent graduate. Yeah. Um, I've been performing therapy for a couple years now, um, and then specifically psychotherapy, um, six months. Six months. How's that been going so far? Honestly, I'm very privileged that I enjoy my job so much. Um, I'm one of the few lucky people because we spend most of our life working. Yeah. Um, and because it's such a rewarding job, and I enjoy it so much, I'm I'm thriving. Honestly. Okay. <laughs> yes. That <laughs> energy. Okay. Dope. Yeah. So. I want to take it back a little bit before um, the therapy, uh, sorry, mm -hmm. before you got into the practice. What made you get into this field? Because it is a heavy thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, so I would say going back in time, naturally, I'm the person in the friend group or in the family that people are able to kind of rely on, open up, be vulnerable and share what they're going through. Mm -hmm. um, I enjoy taking on that role. Yeah. Um, and then studying, I was really into psychology, learning about why we behave the way we behave, why we think the way we think. Mm -hmm. um, and then when I came across social work, um, it was kind of all of my morals, ethics and things I enjoy kind of came together really well. Um, serving my community so i'm obviously I'm a black individual yes, um yes, so yes. working with other people of color and um black communities was really important to me so doing community work through social work as well as the like clinical side of things psychotherapy and the healing um yeah that's where i landed okay okay so a little birdie told me uh -huh. that you're the person let's say like at a party be sparking conversations <laughs> with people and they just start crying yeah. or just breaking down yeah. like how does that feel like yeah. in your normal life um I enjoy it. I really do. It's a really rewarding thing to be able to connect with people in mm -hmm. that sense. And it's funny. Yeah, I find myself in the randomest situations like in line at Wonderland or at a party or at the grocery store. Yeah. Um, people find it easy to kind of open up to me and mm. uh, go through heavy topics. And it's great. Um, there are times maybe I'm like, turn this, off yeah, your therapy yeah, brain yeah, and yeah, just yeah, be yeah. Zara. Yeah. Um, but for the most part, I, I, I enjoy it. Okay, yeah. dope, dope. So I want to get right into it. Like, okay. obviously, our uh, community, it's uh, therapy is a little bit of a taboo subject. And I've heard comments like, why would I ever go talk to a therapist? Like, what can they tell me? They're strangers. Da, 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 da. Tay, tay. So what do you have to say about that? Mm -hmm. It's interesting. Um, being part of the black community, sometimes um, individuals have a notion that the struggle is part of the black experience. Ooh, talk to me and about that. that. What do you mean by that? So having hardships growing up, whether it's poverty, whether it's hardships, um, because your caregivers and the way that you were raised, your environment, mm -hmm. um, the way society treats and reacts um, to black people, and black communities, um, 
is it's not positive, right? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes people are in an area of just acceptance and it okay. is the way it is. So I feel the be black like struggle is just a part of life. So why mm. seek therapy if it's the process of being a black, black. individual today? Okay. That- Which is very concerning even yeah. hearing it out loud i'm like ah yeah so what do you like say to those type of mindsets how do you mm-hmm. combat that how um, do you break through that mm-hmm. it's just trying to help the person understand that um human life is hard for sure yeah um but it doesn't mean that your existence should be a struggle um when you're noticing that that's an area it's a red flag yeah. um okay i'm going through a lot mm-hmm. how can i navigate this do i need outside help or do i need to maybe just focus on myself get help from my social circle or do i need a professional now to step in right because of course um if you're privileged and lucky enough to have people in your close life like your friends and your family mm-hmm. that you can rely on and you feel comfortable in order to share that's great um but there are times where mental health struggles need intervention right and okay. It can get to a point where it gets a little too dark and we lose people. Yes. Right. Yes. And then at that point, we can't do anything. Yeah. It's it's too late. So you're trying to combat that before that all happens. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So what is like, for example, if I'm looking to go to therapy, um, what am I looking to accomplish? What should people mm-hmm. kind of be their outlook towards that therapy um i think it's based on the individual Mm -hmm. um and why you are seeking therapy and there can be a number of reasons why individual seeks therapy yeah so what is the point of therapy right um sorry therapy is a tool to help you navigate through life with difficulties whether you're having a difficulty in a life transition okay whether you're having difficulties in relationships difficulties in understanding yourself and your emotions and how and why you react to things Mm -hmm. um grief that's a really big one people sometimes have a hard time kind of navigating on their own and realize i need some some outside help um some indicators of when is a good time to ask for help Mm -hmm. i would say paying attention to huge shifts in your behavior okay if you find that you're typically a happy going happy going person full of energy and then now there's a dramatic shift where you're a lot lower energy even body tone um you're losing interest in things that you normally would be interested in or what about like acting out impulsively absolutely absolutely yeah um being easily triggered yeah um and you find that now your reaction to things is a lot more kind of over exaggerated and maybe a little bit more aggressive maybe you're shutting down when Mm -hmm. you typically wouldn't shut down Mm -hmm. communication is harder for you now um, a big one is noticing shifts in um, your eating and your sleeping schedule, okay. whether now I'm eating too much or I'm eating too little. I'm sleeping too much or sleeping too little. Um, we know that Health Canada said that um, shifts in your appetite and your weight is a sign of depression. Okay. Constantly worrying um, about everything is also a sign of anxiety. Yeah. Um, so things like that are, um, indicators. are indicators that maybe I need some outside help. Another big one is if people in your life mention something, sometimes mm. it's hard for us to notice things about ourselves. Yeah, 100%. And it goes right over our head. Yeah, 100%. So if an outsider is noticing something, maybe be open to that, hear okay. them out. And okay. that could be an indicator of maybe I need some help. Okay. So earlier on, you mentioned grief, mm-hmm. right? And I feel like a lot of when people hear grief, a lot of people just think about someone passing away. But we go through many different types of grief, like, for example, heartbreak or losing a losing a dog or something like that. 
are those things still a warrant to like get therapy even though it's not about death absolutely yeah um a hundred percent. And I think a big stigma around therapy is that it should be reserved for the really severe things. Okay. The person that's going through psychosis, somebody yeah. with severe depression or mm -hmm. anxiety, um, that therapy should be reserved only kind of for them. Mm -hmm. Absolutely not. If you find anything in your day-to-day -day life, you're having a hard time managing yeah. and that outside influence that's objective could help. Okay. Therapy's for you. If you have a hard time achieving a goal or figuring out what your goals are, Therapy. therapy is for you. Okay. Um, I would say go to therapy before you feel kind of like you're broken and hopeless. Ooh. If you're able to kind of pick on these things early, yeah, it's going to be a lot easier for you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you mentioned de depression earlier. Mm -hmm. What are some indicators that you might be depressed? Mm -hmm. Um. So there's lots. Um. Again, shifts in um mood. Okay. Um, appetite, oversleeping, sleeping, oversleeping, mm -hmm. absolutely. Um, overeating, undereating. Yeah. Um, loss and interest. That's a really big one. Yeah. Um, loss and interest and the feeling of hopelessness. Okay. That's a big one with depression. Um, not being able to see the light on the other end. Mm. Um, depression is more about you're kind of stuck in the past and things you've been through. Mm -hmm. Anxiety is more future, of the right? future, uh, the worry of the future. Okay, that's yeah. why it's good to stay in the present moment. Ah, okay, as difficult as that yeah, is. yeah, I know it's hard. It is hard, yeah. definitely. Yeah. So I'm hearing, like you said, you're a psychosis, a uh, psychotherapist. Psychotherapist. So psychotherapist. there's different types of therapy. Yes. Um, can you break down the different types of therapy and why mm -hmm. and what types are they and what why sh someone should like look for certain there's things specific therapies yeah. yeah so there's lots of different therapies um under psychotherapy there's five main domains so we have um behavioral therapy cognitive therapy and that's just under yours yeah yeah oh, okay. um a humanistic we have sorry i'm drawing blank yeah no worries um, there's five main, yeah, main domains. Um, what you notice is that mainly therapists work under multiple. Okay. So you're not going to just be working as, for instance, a cognitive behavioral therapy. Cognitive okay. behavioral therapy is working on cognition okay. and how your maybe some delusional thoughts might be affecting your behavior. So cognitive like paranoia. -ish? Um, yeah, paranoia. Um, your thoughts might not be grounded in reality. So because of that, it affects the way that you behave. Can you give me an example of yeah. like thoughts that might not be grounded in reality? Okay. Um, okay. An example. Say you're the type of person, and we'll get a little bit into this later yeah. on. Um, you're very anxious. Okay. And you need a lot of validation. Yeah. Um, sorry, I lost my train yeah. of thought. <laughs> I, I know. Re ask the question. Yeah, yeah. No, I was asking um, mm -hmm. different. Uh, sorry. Uh, oh, why you would need, oh, how to, okay, challenge those thoughts. Okay, yes, 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 yes. Okay, so how you would um, kind of challenge those thoughts. Say you're an anxious person, you need yeah. a lot of validation in yeah. your relationships. Um, something like not getting a response via text in a, what you think is an appropriate amount of time might have you're you making up stories. spiraling, oh, right? Okay. You're drawing connections that aren't necessarily there. So something that cognitive behavioral therapy does is is really tries to get you to realize that those thoughts aren't real. Mm -hmm. um, one of the techniques to do that, um, and the way I like to explain it is, is, you know when you do some math work yeah. um, when you're in grade school and you have to do answer a question and at the bottom it says, show your work. Yeah. How did you get to 12? Yeah. 
Um, and sometimes you realize when you're doing the equation, I did it wrong. And that's why the answer is not correct. Okay. So when you're challenged to show your work, explain to me how, how you, you got, got those connections. And oh. one plus one is two. Really quickly, you're like, oh. Oh, this is not it. I don't have the proof for this. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, doesn't yeah. make sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. And it's a very humbling experience. Um, because to you in the moment, it's very real. Yeah. Right? It's a very, very real experience. So because hmm. to be honest like i'm i consider myself a very analytical person hmm. so i try to put dots together okay. and if i don't put the or sorry if if i don't get these answers from mm -hmm. outside sources i will sometimes make up Thank like you. this has to be that mm -hmm. that's that's a warning sign isn't it not necessarily a warning sign it's something to be aware of like okay. self-awareness is a huge thing okay. um so sometimes things might not be like bright red Ah, uh, uh, signs, maybe yeah. a yellow sign, something to pay attention to. Yeah. Um, in the moment when it's happening, notice it. Okay. Take a minute, pause, and yeah. try to train your brain to think differently. Train your brain to catch it as it's happening. Mm -hmm. Once you continue to do that, it gets easier and easier to kind of move away from finding your own answers and just living more in reality and for what you actually see and know as facts and oh. real. Okay. Um, do you have any like recommendations about like, for example, like, should I seek like a male therapist or should I seek a female therapist? Mm -hmm. Is that a thing or should I just kind of like go with whatever? So I would say do with do what makes you the most comfortable. Okay. The way seeking out a therapist works. Yes. Um, Let's talk about that. Yeah. So typically the way it works is you're going to first have a consult with a therapist. And okay. what this is, it's free of charge. And it's a really short conversation for you to get to know the therapist a little bit. The therapist gets to know you very briefly. You hear their voice. Is this somebody that I can listen to? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> first of all. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you just kind of get to know each other a little bit. Okay. In my initial consults, I like to really promote to speak to lots of different therapists. Yes, good. Don't necessarily find one and be like, okay, this could work and stick to it. It could, yeah. but think of it almost as an interview process. You're okay. going out and you're doing multiple consults and interviewing different therapists. Yeah. Maybe try a woman, maybe try a man, yeah. maybe try someone that specializes in one area versus yeah. a different area. Um, I definitely, definitely encourage that because like everybody else in this world, um, your teachers, your doctors, there's others you connect with more True. than others, right? True. And just because it's the first person or the first therapist you, sorry, the therapist that you picked, it might not be the greatest match for you. Mm. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the first step. Um, and I would say whatever makes you feel comfortable. Mm. A lot of the times people don't necessarily what makes them, don't know what makes them feel comfortable. Yeah. And that consult will help. Okay, so it's about like just finding your connection so you can feel comfortable to let it off. Absolutely. Basically. Yeah. Okay, okay. So lately I'm hearing a lot about uh, attachment styles in our lives, like avoidant attachment. Do you I actually do you know all the uh, attachment styles? Yeah, what are yeah. they? So what attachment theory is, it's tells us that we form our attachment style in our infancy. So in the first year of our life. Okay. And we form it based on our connection or lack of, lack of connection with our caregiver and okay. how we form intimacy and relationships. Okay. So there are four types. Okay. Um, secure attachment, anxious attachment, avoidant attachment, and fearful avoidant attachment. Okay. Um, the three latter are all insecure attachments. So, so what does that mean? Sorry? So 
Secure attachment is yeah. the good comfy spot. That's where you, you want be. to be. Yeah. Okay. So being anxious, avoidant, or fearful, those are all insecure attachment styles. Okay. Um, something to know off the bat, you don't necessarily have control over your attachment style because this is something, again, that was formed so early in life. So it's now it's... It's out of your control. Yeah. Your attachment you can't style, change that. Not that you can't change it, but the attachment style that you, know, that you have is based on your experience as an infant. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's deep. So a little bit about them. Yeah, okay. So what somebody with the secure attachment would look like, and that's a really healthy um, relationship. Yeah. And this is somebody that's confident with themselves and with their relationships. They feel comfortable in order to trust others and have others trust them. Mm -hmm. They're able to love others and give love and show affection. Again, they're, of course, very secure. Yeah. Um, they're okay with boundaries. If their partner wants to take a step back, that is something that they're comfortable with. Yeah. And we'll see, this is usually someone that had a caregiver that was very attentive that really was there um, to respond to their needs and that their and their wants mm. so that is that is the soft spot that's where we all are working to be so, okay. in secure attachment styles mm -hmm. um and then you have somebody that is an anxious attachment style yeah. and again this is um somebody that has a fear of abandonment mm. they usually can be described as somebody that's maybe clingy yeah um they might need a lot of validation True. Okay. Um, and this is because their caregiver was a little bit wishy-washy. There'd mm -hmm. be times where they would show them the affection and be attentive. And then the other times there would be distant. Okay. So they don't know who to trust. They really want that fe uh, the feeling of love and to be loved. Yeah. But because they're so anxious about it, um, sometimes they come across as clingy, overdramatic, a okay. little bit too needy. Yes. Um, then that is followed by avoidant attachment. Avoidant. Yeah, yeah. And that is somebody that has the fear of intimacy. Yeah, yeah that, that sounds so, like me. That sounds like <laughs> you, yeah. So somebody with an avoidant attachment yeah, yeah. style needs to create distance. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah for sure, that's me. <laughs> right? And although... Um, you know, love and intimacy is important. Yeah. It sometimes makes them a little bit uncomfortable. Mm. Um, and they can be in relationships, but they do they do need some distance. Yeah. Um, and you know that. How's my upbringing? Sorry, so, mom. So yeah, no worries. <laughs> <laughs> so your upbringing um, with somebody that um, your caregiver, sorry, you became an avoidant attachment style. Yeah. You were not necessarily your needs and wants weren't um, met early. Weren't, yeah. Weren't At what early. age group are you talking about or when you say early? Um, infancy. I think it's, they say seven to 11 months, your attachment oh, style is developed, right? And yeah. if you think about like, if you ever took like an early psychology class, mm -hmm. it was a study about twins and one was given love and affection and the other one was almost a little bit neglected. Wow. and how they respond and their attachment styles and what yeah. that looks like yeah um and then the final one is um sorry one second let me make sure i get the yeah, word yeah. right yeah no worries i think it's fearful attachment also known you said avoidant anxious secure mm -hmm. those are the three that i and then heard. the last one is is a mix of both it is fearful avoidant i believe yeah okay okay so the final um, attachment style is fearful avoidant, yes. and that is a mix of both the anxious and the avoidant. Um, eee, that sounds yeah. rough. <laughs> so it is rough because there is a deep longing for love and affection, but then opposite side, there's wanting nothing to do with it. 
Ooh, so what does yeah. that look like in someone's adult life? So what does that look like in an adult life? Um, it's back and forth. It's the deep longing to want to build connections and love and intimacy, but at the same time, being uncomfortable with it and not being able to be vulnerable and, being and trust. To it. And yeah, and commitment's another big, a big one. Yeah. But wanting it deep down. But wanting it, but oh, having a hard time. That's tough. Yeah. Jeez, yeah, jeez. Yeah. Okay, okay. So, and the parent or the caregiver, uh, for instance, would be it would be kind of an environment that's a little bit harsh, a little bit um, aggressive. Okay. Um, where the kid didn't maybe feel necessarily safe, so um, trust wasn't built, even mm -hmm. though that longing of connection was wanted. Yeah. Which is why you see the wanting to chase after the love and the intimacy, and build healthy healthy relationships, but then there's the fear of again abandonment and jeez. trust and. Yeah. So when someone goes um, into therapy about their, their attachment styles, like what mm -hmm. sort of things are they being told so they can become more secure? Mm -hmm. One thing about learning about attachment styles is when you do start to learn about them and what happened um, and then you kind of reflect about your upbringing and um, who your caregivers are and kind of what they went through. It, it's a humbling experience because it gives you kind of an explanation, mm. right? Just like forgive. Yes, to forgive and also be a little easier on yourself. Okay. Um, because in some of these attachment styles, like we mentioned, you are seeking after these things, but you're still having a hard time. Mm. And yes, these things are, you know, um, in your control and you are behaving in these in these ways. But it's as a result of, you know, the way yeah. that you were raised um, yeah. in infancy. Yeah, I kind of lost my train of thought there. <laughs> okay, okay, no, no, that's no, that's dope. Mm -hmm. What? I, obviously, I'm not gonna ask you about um, individual cases or anything like that. But what do you see as a collective from the Black community right now? Okay, from your from standpoint, yeah. yeah. Um, so what I mentioned before was cognitive behavioral therapy, and mm -hmm. there's a lot of science backing up um, CBT, and it's it's a really popular one. Um, so. Usually people are like, oh, like I, I want to find a therapist that's uh, CBT certified. They practice CBT. Many, many, many of my consults, particularly are people of color and black individuals, yeah. when it's not their first time in therapy, they're like, if you do CBT, I want nothing to do with you. Why? Why? So, so sorry, what's CBT? Cognitive behavioral therapy. Okay, yes, so yes, like yes. kind of changing, challenging your thoughts to improve or change your behavior. Okay. Why though? So we're, we are finding now, and I know there's a lot of discussion around all of these ideologies, theories, and models were obviously founded and created by white cis men. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they don't fit well our narrative. with our narrative and our experience, okay. right? And of course we can pick and choose certain things that work, but it does, we find sometimes it doesn't it's not a blanket, yes, yes, blanketed yes. thing. Yeah. Um, and I'm finding that to be the true experience of my clients. Yeah. What I am finding um, with our community is truly they're looking for a space to let out what is in here and okay. what's in here. And that's it. They are literally looking for a space to be heard. Yes. Um, I've had so many clients that are like, I'm not even necessarily looking for tools or techniques <laughs> wow. uh, or guidance. Yeah. I'm looking for a safe space to be heard and yeah. to be validated, right? Yeah. And a lot of our experience, unfortunately, we don't, we don't, we're not validated. Yes. And that means a lot to our inner child. Mm. So being able to find a space and build a therapeutic relationship mm. with a therapist that provides you with that mm -hmm. does a lot of healing. Mm -hmm. And then of course, um, 
they're they're helped with different techniques and tools to use um with different like anxiety and panic mm-hmm. um and goal setting and stuff like that for sure yeah. but i find specifically with the black community they're looking for a safe space yeah. to be heard yeah because a lot of us well caribbean culture uh, especially it's like you are uh to be seen and not to be heard and i guess now when someone grows up they're like, whoa, I have so much stuff inside yeah. of me that I want to let go. So yeah. that makes sense to what you just said. Absolutely. And to be fair, therapy can be very awkward and weird at first. Like, I am a stranger. You don't know me. Yeah. Um, how do I allow myself to be vulnerable? Mm-hmm. But what we find is because they weren't offered this space, yeah. the turnaround time is so quick. Really? In most of my sessions, in the first session... I'm really able to get into the nitty gritty. They're able to get emotional and like really? tears. First session? Yeah. I feel like personally, like I'd go into therapy and mm-hmm. I would, the first session I'd probably be bullshitting. Just <laughs> you to, think so? Okay. Yeah, just to be like, yeah. like just to gauge someone's mm-hmm. energy and what I think. Like okay. how, what are some, I guess, tips so people can not do what I might you do. do. Yeah. So your therapist knows this, um, <laughs> for one. And for two, they, they are coming into... So your first, I would say, one to three sessions okay. is going through your history and your background. Okay. Right? And me trying to understand you and your experience and what you've gone through. Mm. Doing this brings out course lots of emotions i'm Mm. asking you about things maybe you haven't even emotionally processed right and and you find that when you're speaking you're and you're being probed and questioned sometimes you don't have breaks and you're just like okay okay you're going and you're going and you're going and a lot of the times um clients reflect and they're like wow i didn't know that i had the ability to be that vulnerable yeah that fast yeah Okay, so that leads even to my next question. How long should someone uh, give a chance to therapy to see mm-hmm. results? Like, obviously, a couple sessions may not give you the results, mm-hmm. and then you go and bash it or whatever. So mm-hmm. what's, like, a good length? Um, so this is a discussion you're going to have with your therapist. Okay. And I would say it depends on what you're in therapy for. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're in therapy to kind of work through your childhood trauma, that is not something that is going to happen in a couple of sessions. Okay. Right. Um, you're working through a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, there are short forms of therapy available yeah. um, for people, uh-huh. whether it's you're having a hard time, like, for example, reaching a goal. Right. Um, you might not need to be in therapy for years and years and years. Right. Your therapy, your therapist is there to kind of help you narrow down what you want, what your goals are and help you achieve it. Uh-huh. It's kind of easy to see the end result of something like that. Right. OK. Um, and to know, OK, I've reached my goals. Maybe now is a good time to terminate mm-hmm. the therapy. Um, I also have had clients where things are going well and they're like, I'm at a pretty good point. I'm going to pause for now. And then come back later. And come back when I feel like I need to come back. Okay. I've had clients pause for a couple of weeks, a couple of months. Yeah. Something goes wrong or they're like, I feel like I'm falling off track. I just kind of need to get back in the swing of things, focus yeah. on my mental health again. Yeah. So it's a conversation you'll have with your therapist um, in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, also, what are you looking for? Um, I have clients that um, will either scale more. So if it's, um, I'm seeing them bi-weekly, they're realizing this isn't enough. I need to see you weekly. Yeah. Or if I'm seeing them weekly, they're like, this is going great. We're going to fall back to bi-weekly. So you have a lot of say in it as well. Yeah. Um, and then based on kind of what you're seeking therapy for gauges. Okay, cool, mm-hmm. cool. Mm-hmm. So I have some questions for you dealing with everyone's like 
not I don't want to say worst days, but mm. like everyone's kind of problems or issues yeah. or concerns. Mm-hmm. How do you debrief and let that go? Mm-hmm. And is that difficult? Um, it definitely can be difficult. Mm-hmm. Burnout is definitely a real thing in mm-hmm. this field. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what helps stay motivated and on top of things is understanding what your personal boundary is. Okay. Understanding what's my limit. Um, like, and, give me an example of a personal boundary or limit that you might have. Yeah. Um, for example, if I find that I'm too exhausted and I'm not able to be fully attentive and really actively listening in my sessions. Um, I'm a little burned out. Maybe I need to scale back how many sessions I'm taking a week. Um, If a session was very heavy for me, it might have been triggering because I'm also an individual with my own personal experiences. Right. Um, I acknowledge that I don't kind of push it back to the side and mm. keep going. I, I realize, oh, I might be having a reaction to this, mm. um, especially if it's like a visceral reaction. I notice like my hands are sweating or shaking or my stomach's turning. Oh, so you pay attention to all these things. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't always happen, but sometimes it does. Yeah. And I acknowledge that and sit with that and kind of do my own reflection and why that's happening. Mm. Um, I do a lot of journaling. You have to. I have to, yeah. to keep on top of things. Yeah. And, what day is it? Where am I? What's yeah. going on? Um, and that really helps um, kind of taking it out of my body and my space and putting it onto paper. Um, self-care is a okay. really big one. And what does self-care look like for me as an individual? Yeah. It looks like getting my to-do list done. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do therapists do therapy? Like, do they seek therapy? Yeah. I would say or would very you... confidently. Yeah. Like 99% of therapists out there have their own therapist. Okay, so this is just my thought. I feel like uh, you're a therapist, right? And I feel like if you were to go to a therapist, it's like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> like, you know, so it's not difficult to get past that barrier. Um, okay, so I'm going to speak from my personal experience. Yeah, okay. I'm going to say yes and no. Okay. Um, you are also really blinded to things that are happening in your life. Right. And because it's your life and it's been your normacy for so long, Mm. you have a hard time seeing it from an objective lens, which is why your therapist cannot be your friend or your family member. Right. They're not going to be able to kind of help you navigate or give you advice. Yeah. Makes sense. From um, an objective lens. It's extremely biased. Yeah. Okay. So what are some practical ways that the everyday person that may not be in therapy right now can Mm practice just like being more um in the moment and um just living a a, a better life like because you mentioned journaling that's what sparked that thought yeah absolutely so what else um there's lots out there i would say definitely practicing mindfulness and different mindfulness techniques i would definitely definitely encourage um it's something that i do in my own work and in my own personal life um yeah meditation Um, using resources. There's so many resources that are mm. out there, um, books and apps, um, utilizing the people in your social circle. Mm-hmm. And then also being um, paying attention to these things are all great and they're helpful. Yeah. But is there a time where I need outside intervention? Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure if you would have the answer for this, but like, let's say like growing up, um, obviously I'm a black man. So growing up it's like emotions are not really talked about how maybe they should so like growing up we're like oh you're the like you're the tough guy this that and the third how can we kind of break those type of norms and that type of uh that type of 
I don't, I'm not sure the word mm. to say, but like just break that norm and be more vulnerable. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, an expectation, an of expectation, black male yeah. experience. It, the black, exactly. How can yeah. we break that? Yeah, yeah. Because um, BS, to be honest. Absolutely, yeah. right? And like, there are times where, of course, I'm going to be a strong individual, and yeah. there are times where I need to be vulnerable and, and be taken care of, or right? Soft, yeah, yeah, and like rely and lean on other people, and not mm. just have everybody lean on me. Um, the way that we break that is in conversations, in people in our circles, in our lives. Lives and recognizing that that might be um, what society and others have you subscribe to, but mm -hmm. that's not the reality that I have to live within. Mm -hmm. I can work on learning how to be vulnerable and work through the uncomfortable feelings that they bring and acknowledging that it might make you feel uncomfortable, mm -hmm. um, but you not, might not feel like that forever. Mm -hmm. um, the more you open up, the more you are able to be vulnerable, the easier it gets okay. for you. So just practicing. Okay. And how do we make sure that like, for example, I'm not just emotionally dumping on someone too, right? I feel like that balance is very uh, key to be self-aware about. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Absolutely. I would say um, one thing is kind of acknowledging the person's responses to you. True. If usually they're very engaged and helping you kind of go through your story and work through it mm -hmm. and you're noticing maybe they're like, oh, okay. That's yeah. cool. A little bit detached. Yeah. You might be doing a bit much. Okay. You might be doing a bit much. Um, some of the work I do with my clients too is learning, teaching them how to get a voice. And mm -hmm. also from that perspective, say, hey, um, I might not be in the greatest place right now. I'm going through my own things. Um, right now might not be a time for me to be here for you. Oh, okay. Cool. And people have a hard time saying that, yeah, which yeah, is why yeah. you find, oh, they're comfortable with this. Let yeah. me continue. Let yeah, me keep no. trauma dumping. Right? <laughs> yeah, You're not yeah. saying anything. Yeah they might also have a hard time saying something and speaking up. So just acknowledging that um, you're very lucky to have these people in your lives, True. but they also have their own experience Bad and their ways. struggles, right? So maybe, hey, is this a good time? Are you in a good space yeah. for me to kind of dump all of this on you? Yes mm -hmm. or no. Mm -hmm. Give them the option to maybe then just rather this is what's going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <sighs> sometimes it's a lot and you're like, holy, yeah. like I would love to help you, but, but right, not now, right now. Yeah, not right not now. Yeah, not right now. We'll, we'll circle the block and come back to okay. this. Okay, yeah. dope. So what are, do you have any practical ways that people can work on their boundaries? Because boundaries is hard thing to even identify within yourself sometimes, but like, what are some ways that we can work on our boundaries? Mm -hmm. um, definitely step one is trying to identify what your boundaries are. So True. first of all, learning what is a boundary? We hear the word boundary Yeah, what is a time. boundary? What on God's green earth is <laughs> a boundary? <laughs> yeah. So a boundary is something that's gonna help you feel safe, um, feel loved and happy and comfortable. Okay. A boundary is something you set for yourself and it's an expectation for people to meet in okay. order to make you feel happy and safe, okay. right? So it's important for you to understand your boundaries so that you can share your boundaries with other people. Okay. If people are breaking or crossing boundaries, but they're not necessarily aware of what these boundaries are, what they look like, mm -hmm. it's hard for them to not no. do that, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so step one is kind of doing some self-reflection, figuring out what makes me happy, what makes me feel safe, what, a health, what does a healthy relationship look like for me, mm -hmm. what are my needs, what are my wants, what are my deal breakers, and kind of formulate that boundary. Mm -hmm. um, and then working on how do I share this with people in my life 
not even just loved ones. It can also be coworkers, your boss, okay. right? Like I have boundaries for everybody in my life. How do I share it in a way where it's received well okay. um, and then hopefully respected? Okay, dope, dope, dope. Mm -hmm. And where are some resources where we can like find therapists? Like wh what are the websites? What mm -hmm. are like, what do we Google? Yeah. Where can we find? Um, a good one is psychology uh, today. Is it psychology today? So, yeah, yeah, go ahead and check, out, check that out. And yeah, Black Therapist too. Absolutely, yeah. So I would definitely say you need to utilize social media. Yeah. Social media right now yeah. is wild. Um, even just going on my Instagram, the amount of um, therapy pages that aren't necessarily attached to a therapy, but it can be, um, here's some therapy advice, yeah. quick little like do, 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 yeah, reminders. Yeah. Actually, a couple memes. of them uh, follow after like a couple of episodes now. Yeah. So I have a bunch of therapy uh, pages that yeah. came to follow. And those pages usually have resources on there. Um, yeah. The internet is very helpful. Let me make sure. I believe it is psychology today. Yeah, yeah, no worries. Um, where you can go in and look for therapists, type in some keywords. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it's psychology today. Um, yeah, and like I said, I definitely encourage doing multiple consults, especially if it's your first time. Mm -hmm. Get out there, have multiple conversations, see what kind of energy, what kind of voice makes you feel comfortable. Um, yeah. Okay, dope. I want to give you a scenario, mm -hmm. and it's something around like mother's wounds. Okay. Okay. So, for example, I'm I'm talking about like this. Let's say single. Uh, no, sorry. Let's talk about the boy that was raised by his single mom, right? And that mom had to play both roles. So maybe she was a little tough at times, more mm -hmm. tough than maybe the average mom would be. Mm -hmm. And now that boy grows up and finds himself he can't listen to women as maybe he he should mm -hmm. and he's uh carrying this baggage from obviously his mom trying to do the best but she came off a little tough how do you know or how does that boy that turned into a man know when hey my thought process has to mm -hmm. change and what can he do to like mm -hmm. break those um beliefs cycles. That, yeah cycles yeah yeah um I would say a simple answer is going kind of back to attachment theory. Oh, yeah. That, we already talked. that makes going sense. Back yeah, to that. yeah, that makes sense. And then also understanding that when someone has gone through some form of trauma um, in their life mm. and it's unhealed, when they have children, it's going to it's going to come up mm -hmm. and it's going to affect the way they, they raise parent. their ch children, the way they react to things, the way they're able to be there and show up. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, that single mother, that caregiver is also an individual with their own experiences, True. their own trials and tribulations. Um, and it's hard. Um, it is for sure. I think the onus is on yourself a lot okay. and that's what may make it a bit easier mm -hmm. is understanding that I have the control in order to recognize maybe some of these problematic attachment styles, these problematic behaviors mm -hmm. um, as a result of my upbringing. Mm -hmm. um, so what can I do to change it? Um, sometimes the focus is on the caregiver and the hurt mm -hmm. and, and that's fair. And you have your own, you know, hurt mm -hmm. to kind of unpack and go through and heal from for sure. Yeah. Um, absolutely. But what putting the control in yourself, exactly. what can I do? How do I heal my trauma? So mm -hmm. when I have children, it's not a generational thing uh -huh. where 
now it's going on to them and then their kids and then their kids and their kids and their kids. How do I break the pattern? Self-awareness is a huge part. Mm -hmm. Being able to recognize these patterns and these problematic behaviors and Mm -hmm. ways of thinking and communicating um, and challenging them. Can you do that on your own? Or again, do I need um, outside intervention? Okay. One thing, uh, I drew a blank for a second. Sorry. (laughs) I did that so many times. So, oh yeah, this is my question. Um, it's kind of going back to the attachment styles. Is it actually possible for someone to be 100% in the secure space? Um, you can definitely waver for sure. And like different situations and circumstances, different people coming in and out of your life might affect you in yeah, different ways yeah. where you're like, I don't typically react this way. Okay. Or I typically don't have emotions this strong. Um, going back to the self-awareness things, paying attention to these things and maybe realizing that it might not be a me thing. Maybe this person (laughs) came in and just really shook things up and pushed me to a point where now I'm reacting this way. Mm -hmm. Um, let me take a step back. What needs to change? What needs to come into my life? Leave my life. How am I navigating this? Um, yeah. Okay. Dope. Um, I want to ask you a couple questions that I ask every single guest on the show. Okay. Uh, the first one is, I want to know what is the best advice that you've ever received in your life? You don't have to mention any names. And what is the worst advice that you've received in your life? Whoa. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Give me two seconds. Yeah. 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 No worries. The Take best your time. Advice. Mm. Okay, I'd say the best advice I've ever received, and not necessarily from one person, but I guess after different examples, yeah, um, is that you don't have complete control. Mm. No matter how bad you want it, mm-hmm. how hard you try, mm-hmm. or even if you think you do. I feel like that's therapeutic advice right there. You do not. Yeah. And um, accepting that yeah. is very healing. Yeah. Um, and the worst advice I ever got... I would say maybe around, again, the stigma that we see um, also in the black community is that um, mental health struggles can go away on their own. Mm, Elaborate on that, if you don't mind. Yeah, because that's definitely not true. Um, Mm -hmm. If we're dealing with something like a chemical imbalance, um, there's medication needed for that. That's not something that can go away. away. Um, Something like severe depression, that is something that needs to be managed with medication. Um, Things like different different psychological disorders um, may need to be managed, right? That just sorry, I have another question that leads off of that. What do you even think about like um depre- all these medications and for mm-hmm. depression and stuff like that? Like, do you think people like is that absolutely needed? Because I'm a person that I'm like, no medication, no medication. Mm-hmm. But you just said that people might need it because mm-hmm. of the chemical imbalance. So what's your mm-hmm. thoughts on it? I think in many areas and not just my field um medicine is great science is fabulous i 100 yeah. percent back it and support it okay um i think that it should be a last resort okay fair. um when you've kind of exhausted all your other options okay um it's not working yeah you need you, you might need to kind of dive into that does it fix the problem or does it cover the problem so we're talking about something like depression okay and it's an imbalance it's helping to kind of neutralize things and balance you okay right traditional therapy and like self-work is not going to do that for you right like no matter what you do no matter what you do and the way i try to explain 
um, mental illnesses is the same way as a physical illness. If you have um, cancer, yes, cancer is not going to just leave your body. Yeah, yeah. with prayer. Yeah, and neither is mental. <laughs> yeah, neither yeah. is mental illness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you need you need chemotherapy and you need radiation to yeah. help you hopefully feel better. Yeah. Again, hopefully. Um, Medication is not necessarily an answer. It doesn't completely 100% heal you. Mm-hmm. A lot of the times, uh, medication, med- sorry, medication is paired with other things yeah. like therapy. Okay, okay, dope. So my last question. So I like to, or we like to make predictions on this show. So I want to play this five years from now. And Zara, mm-hmm. I want to be like, Zara said she was going to do this. Yes. Where do you see yourself in five years? In five years, I will have my own private practice. Jeez. What does that consist of exactly? So I will be the owner of my own therapy clinic. Okay. And then you hire different therapists? Yeah. Yeah. So I would obviously work as well, but I would kind of build my brand and my business name. Okay. And what's, I'm just curious, like, what does it take to like even get there? Um, a lot (laughs) (laughs) because I don't have the educational background with business and marketing and that type of things. That's a whole different thing. I'm learning as I go, to be honest with you. Yeah. I'm of course the more clinical side of things. Yeah. So I am, um, relying on other people in different fields to 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 bring insight and to help to kind of bring things together. Okay. Fair, fair, I'm just the expert. I don't know how to start a business. No idea. Fair, fair, fair. I'll start, um, my stuff one was definitely watching your podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say that. Yeah. Okay. Dope. Dope. Um, let everybody know where they can contact you, maybe for services or yeah. anything like that. Absolutely. So my email address is z.psychotherapy at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram at psychotherapy with Z. Um, there I do have resources listed. Yeah. Um, you, if you are interested in myself or my clinic, um, you can go on there, find the portal, book a consult. Yes. Yeah, free. It's a free, free. one. Consults are free. Okay. Consults cool. are free. Yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, do you have any last words for anything, anybody about therapy? Um, any last words? There's a lot of stigma around um, shame um, yes. in seeking help. Yes. Um, and, and that's a tough one mm-hmm. um, to kind of overcome. And maybe I find that sometimes a lot of people don't understand um, client confidentiality mm-hmm. in therapy. So similar to your doctors, um, everything you share in that room stays in that room. Yes. Um, of course, in different things like supervision, I bring up different cases and different clients to kind of get guidance from other therapists. Yeah. But in terms of discussing cases with the outside Family. world yeah, yeah. or whatever, that that does not happen. And I'm held um, in the law by that, right? Okay. And the only time I can bring confidentiality is in the case of I'm I found out that you've harmed someone or you're going to harm yourself okay so I find that having that understanding um is really helpful and allows people to be like okay this is a safe space like she's not gonna go with a speaker and tell everyone my dirty secrets um your therapist has also heard it all yeah you're not going to shock them (laughs) Um, there's nothing that shocked you I mean of course things shock me for sure but I'm not entering a session like, oh, what am I going to hear today? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> right? I'm obviously in the understanding that people are using this space to talk about really difficult, really difficult topics and yeah. subjects. So with that understanding, um, 
it's, it is hard to kind of shock your therapist. Also, we've been through so many years of studying and reading case notes. So true. we've heard a lot. True, true, a lot. true, true. Well, I want to thank you for coming because uh, this was uh, needed and this was a requested episode. So I hope uh, everybody got what they needed out of it because I sure did. And you're welcome back anytime. Thank you so much and for having me. That was a really productive conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. super dope. And yeah, episode 31, Black is the Rich. Choo, choo, choo. Everything black on black. If I study that facts on facts.